Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hello and welcome to the uh, Living Martial Arts podcast with me, the Dark Master. I'm looking forward to uh, talking today with one of my previous guests uh, on a really, really interesting subject. This is a new subject that uh, I'm looking at, and it's called really called the the mindset of a of a competitor or a martial artist uh, that competes, and just talking about the um, uh, that type of thing, really. So, thankfully, I have a very inspirational. Uh, Sally Gleaves with me today. I've done a podcast with Sally in the past. She runs her own martial arts schools. Uh, not only that, uh, she's very, very um, involved with coaching other martial arts instructors, very involved again with uh, safeguarding and promoting child safeguarding within the martial arts. And um, I'm really, really pleased to have her back on my podcast. So um, how are you, Sally? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Excellent. I'm really, really good. Thank you very much for once again agreeing to uh, to come onto my podcast and just talk about this uh, uh, important subject, which actually doesn't. I don't think it gets um, much sort of air, air time anywhere in martial arts. We all sort of, I think, uh, take certain parts of this for granted. But we're going to be talking about a uh, a martial arts mindset and how that. Uh, can be a good thing, and maybe sometimes the uh, the negative side of of that as well. So, yeah, we, without without further uh, further ado, uh, uh, first of all, how do you how do you or how do you see the martial arts mindset? How does it how does it differ in the sense that when students come in and they start to uh, develop their martial arts, uh, and how does their their mindset then start to change? So I think for me, I'm going to go right back to when I first started martial arts on this one. Um, so when I first started martial arts, I was put in because um, my parents didn't want me to get bullied. I was being bullied at school. I was lacking in confidence, but um, also a lot of self-esteem um, and maybe a little bit of discipline as well. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't the, I was a bit of a, a wild little child. <laughs> um, and I went very quickly from a beginner that really didn't, talk masses um but still a little bit you know crazy at home perhaps to someone that was very disciplined very much more confident in myself I had a lot more self-esteem and that took years it wasn't just something that happened overnight that mindset didn't just change like I got a white belt and then I was a yellow stripe and then suddenly I had this mindset it was a long time of uh positive influence mostly from my mom um, helping me with the mindset, helping me when I overcame challenges that I was finding particularly hard. 
um, helping me with a lot of positive praise um, with my self-esteem because I didn't really think I was very good at it when I was younger. Um, started entering some competitions around Yellow Belt, had a bit of a knock um, probably around Green Belt and then didn't re-enter again until Black Stripe. So my mum was the one that was helping me with that mindset. Um, I believe that the discipline around martial arts is uh, really important for consistency in that mindset but you have to have the right coach to do that um which isn't always necessarily what happens unfortunately um sometimes you just don't click with your coach sometimes they're actually just not a good coach sometimes they're a great coach but again they haven't maybe picked upon how you learn or how you tick as a person um so for me i think um when i'm coaching with my guys i'm very very conscious of the type of person they are which is great for me because i've been in education for a number of years and I've done a lot of training around how to effectively communicate with people how to learn about them how to learn their learning styles how to learn how they respond to challenge and change and you know that kind of stuff so for me it's really important when an athlete or a beginner or anyone comes to me to build that rapport so that I can learn how to support their mindset as they're going forwards in all fairness, I think I'm much better at supporting other people's mindsets and their progression better than actually managing my own uh, because mine is uh, not not brilliant, actually. I, I think my mindset's kind of sometimes like quite negative. Um, so I'm there going to my students like, yes, like, you know, let's let's work on that growth mindset. Let's get you out your comfort zone. And I'm there staying in my comfort zone. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's great. It's on, on both sides because obviously I'm an athlete as well and I compete and I represent the England national team um and I'm letting my students see that 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 process I'm letting them see my progress I'm being very vulnerable with them so I'm saying no well, actually uh, at this moment in time my mental health shocking and this is why that competition didn't go very well or like at the moment my mental health is really good and I'm feeling quite positive about myself I feel like I actually deserve to be here the imposter syndrome's gone um and this is how that's impacted that so it's like leading by example uh, but it's there's so many things that factor into a student's mindset from day one to black belt to international competitor so yeah <laughs> <laughs> excellent no, no, no. well there, there, there are a couple of things there that you said that resonated with me the, the first one was uh, your mother actually and my mother was huge in my mind in my mindset um you know not just through martial arts but uh as a as a young lad, she instilled me with very very positive um, words and um, actions, and t- and told me and consistently told me how how good I could be if I did this and and how good I was and um, and things like that. So I think that's really really important. And um, I can I can I can say that when I started martial arts, I did have a very uh, strong belief in myself in certain ways um because of my mother and and the things that she'd sort of in, in that work ethic that she'd instilled in me that was the first thing the second thing that i took from um what you said there was that it's really interesting that when we when we have these martial arts classes and, and it took me a number of years as an instructor to realize this that that all children were different <laughs> and 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 they needed uh, different kind of uh, words. Uh, they needed to be somewhere motivated by uh, different methods. That you know, it wasn't this one size fits all approach. 
And once I realized that, I was a much better uh, instructor, teacher, coach, and so on. And, you know, I, I found that I actually then got more out of my uh, more out of my students just by just by treating them as individuals and, and not seeing them as right everybody's going to do this and this works for everyone well like actually no it doesn't it doesn't work for everyone so you know sort of built building on on what you what you just said there regarding that individual approach um you know what 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 sort of things um i don't know if there's anything you can pinpoint particularly with sort of individuals that you've used for one person one type of you know because we all get introverts in our class and we all get extroverts and you've got to treat them differently <laughs> so I don't know if there's anything you can point to on that yeah, I mean, for me, um, individualized learning plan is something that's quite important. Um, and also buy-in from the parent as well. So as a school, we're very, very committed to the under 10s parents need to remain in the room. We don't allow the parents to leave. They need to have that like investment in us as a school. They need to see the progress of the child. They're the biggest supporter so a lot of the individual learning that takes place at the young like grassroots stage when they first join, it involves the parent quite heavily. So when we have gradings, for example, we set um, we have a, a sheet on the back of their feedback. So they have a feedback sheet where we write down what they do. And then we have a feedback sheet and the back of the sheet, we have a goal sheet. So that person or that child can identify any goals off the feedback that they want to progress in uh, between the grading periods. And the parent is normally there for that conversation um, or they will support their child in formulating these SMART goals. So they they understand it's a SMART goal. They understand it has to target a date, has to be achievable, all of the things that you would imagine from a SMART goal. Um, and the parent learns that skill with their child as well so they learn that skill at a young age so that when they get to maybe school or high school or whatever and then they go right now we can start you know as you're older setting some smart goals like not just in taekwondo but in their education or life or whatever as well so it's a really good skill set not only for the athlete or the the child or whatever to learn it's a good skill set for the parent as well so i find the individual learning really uh i like i like the idea and the challenge of creating new things and being adaptable as a coach so for us during lockdown we probably had like the most um extensive period of our creativity as a school when it comes to supporting different learners and the different ways that they might take on information and whatnot um, and during that period of time we made a lot of resources um for students that are maybe more like you know, kinesthetic learners or read-write learners, or they may be more audio or visual or whatever. So we made, um, we've got an e-learning, we call it the e-dojang um, in our web, on our webpage. And it has various different resources for every type of learner so that they can go home and practice, or they can uh, come to us with a question that they may have found if they're on the webpage. There's quizzes, there's information videos um we have a, a place where they can upload videos of themselves performing and i can uh, feedback on it so there's that kind of digital access that obviously like back in our day we never had that so uh -huh. you know it's a, a great resource um and it makes it really blended in their learning so they can learn online at home and then also in the dojang as well 
in the dojang obviously there it's a bit of a different situation because we you know our average beginner class size is like hitting like 40 people at the moment um and we do have a number of coaches um which is great because obviously like we've trained junior instructors who are like 10 years old um so they come in um they learn very basic like uh, learning styles they learn very basic communication skills they learn actually very basic safeguarding um in the realms of like if someone looks sad you know come and talk to us um because they might be having a hard time or go and talk to them and include them in they might be having a hard time so they understand the very basics of all of the safeguarding all of the health and safety they understand as well um they are like infinitely my floor checkers <laughs> making sure there's nothing on that it shouldn't be um and they've come in with um another amazing start there because they've learned all these skills and they now learn know how they learn at 10 years old so they can go into their sats and understand how to revise for how they learn and then they can teach that they can teach according to that so they will figure out well actually that person right there who i'm supporting who sally's asked me to mentor for this session is someone that learns if i show them or actually this person learns because i'm telling them a list of things to do uh, this person's learning because i'm moving their hand into the right position multiple times so they learn those basic skills obviously my coaches are fully coaching qualified so they know those skills anyway and they've learned those over the years of teaching themselves um so they can go into a small group of learners um which we tend to split them off into and they can really drill down into like that person learns that way that person learns that way and then they can signpost them to the digital elements that we have as well but then obviously we also signpost them to you know podcasts and um different instagram pages that they can follow for various different types of thing as well and um, and i think all of that combines really tailors a learning experience in their martial arts that i definitely never had when i was that age so they're well ahead of me already which is great yeah <laughs> well 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 it, well it is isn't it and it, and it makes it makes for uh, a real uh learning environment that, that encompasses all, all all parts of your learning you know it's just not not about learning a movement but um you know learning has handle things mentally and and, and yeah. deal, deal with challenges which is um which is i mean it, to, to be honest you know you have you have to have that and, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't you don't realize that until until uh, it's too late but um yeah again just coming back to a, a couple of things there the first thing is that the I I still hear about martial arts uh, schools who don't allow parents in the room, um, and I think that uh, well, uh, you know, I I won't I won't uh, I won't comment on here about that, but I don't think that's right. I think parents do need to be invested in their their children's learning, otherwise it just becomes a very expensive nursery uh, where yes, people just just, just 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 drop them off. And um, I remember many moons ago writing a letter to parents. Uh, saying that uh, if you know if you know more about the um, I don't know East Enders than you do about your child your child's Taekwondo, you're not doing it right. So um, <laughs> uh, that, that that had a had an interested response. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that <laughs> from, from a number of different people, but uh, uh, that that's the way I that's the way I played it in these days. I wasn't particularly subtle. Well, I'm not particularly subtle now, actually. But there we go. Um, yeah, I don't think I am either. Um, <laughs> but I have to say, like the parents that we have here, they are really amazing parents, and yeah. they support their children fully. And I think. You know, again, the reason we ask parents to stay, you know, in our in our classes is is purely for safeguarding reasons. You know, yeah, we sure. we want them to be there if you know if a child gets hurt, they're on hand and whatnot. 
but it does give them such a unique opportunity, which maybe they don't get when they drop them at other sport or other clubs, just to watch their child flourish in an environment that, you know, is supportive, it's safe, but also very positive for their progress, very positive with the role, the role models they have. Even children that are, you know, two, three years older than them are role modeling. And then they can say, actually, that might be my child in the future. That that will be my child actually in the future. I know that this is going to happen at this school. And they invest so much more in your club and so much more in you as a coach or you as an individual um, than than not and I think the the wisest thing we've ever done for our club was actually saying like parents you can't you can't do a drop and run here when they're 10 um over 10 yeah they can do a drop off and you know they can come back later on but we tend to find that those parents actually now stay around anyway because they enjoy they enjoy the sessions and I think they enjoy the banter of our school because our school is a it's it's a little I don't know I think it's somewhat different to quite a lot of martial arts schools but we do have we're like a family um, and I know a lot of martial arts schools are like a family but our family definitely overshares things mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we definitely overshare things that we we probably don't need to know but the parents love the banter you know so they they do sit and they do have a bit of a giggle they I think they love watching their children fail actually and get back up again and continue and love watching me go right you fell over okay get on with it you're fine like you know you're you're, yeah. you're not injured okay your pride might be a little bit a little bit yeah. battered but you know you can get back up and you're going to carry on because that's what we do here you know yeah. and I think they love that I think they love that so I definitely am a big advocate for parents sticking around my mum definitely yeah. she stayed in um watching me right up until I was probably like around 16 which I think like some of my teenagers would absolutely be horrified at like (laughs) um but she watched me falling over multiple times and laughed it off with me and you know I think she just really enjoyed watching that process and the funny thing is like I'm what 36 now Mm. and my mum still comes to my classes uh she still sits at the side (laughs) and she still supports from the side and you know the parents go over to her and they're like oh which one's yours kind of thing and she's like that one (laughs) Uh, which is like and you know it's a bit of a it's quite funny but she's still here she's still here and she's still like uh, you know she volunteers at the club and and gives a hand with the parents if they've got questions and stuff like that but actually mostly it's like she will come and she will support like you know me or she'll support the junior instructors coming on the mats or she will chat with the parents and She'll laugh at me because like sometimes when a child does something, apparently I've adopted her very motherly sense, which is to kind of mostly like laugh it off with them and kind of have some banter and be like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Okay, you kind of injured yourself. Here's a hug. Off you go. And that was very much how she was when I was a kid. So I think, yeah, even now, like in my late 30s, she's still my biggest supporter and biggest, um, you know, you're amazing at this. You're Mm. good at this type of person so you know and she's here all the time yeah (laughs) so it's amazing the parents are you know very very influential in their kids progress and yeah (laughs) which which is great and again um just just put putting throwing this one at you i found sometimes with some of the kids that i've that i i taught and um you know i teach and, and so on that actually what i need to do before i work on the child's mindset is work on the parent's mindset you know, and actually say to them, you know, th- this is this is what I want you to, you know, I, I might hear them say something that I, could, you know, see as negative to the child. Um, oh, they're not very good at that, you know, or or I don't think they'll ever be able to do that. He said, well, 
you know, <laughs> I don't want you to instill that type of uh, thought pattern into them. What I want you to do is is be more positive with them and tell them actually that you will be able to. Because a lot of the times when I'm, you know, if I have a a child, for example, with quite a, a negative mindset, and we're doing a technique, and they say, "Oh, I don't think I can do it, sir," and I, I will say to them, "Do you think I could do it the first time I tried it?" And they go, "No." What about a second time? No. <laughs> well, I get I get them to think about this and listen. I, I wasn't born like this, um, you know. And the first time I did this technique, it's tough, and it's tough for everyone. Um, and trying to get them to say that it's it's okay to it's okay to fail. Most people actually, when they first try and do something, they fail at it, um, and eventually they, they get better at it and they work at it and so on. But um, sorry, going back to my point, it's almost sort of um, teaching the parents have a more positive mindset with their kids before you can almost get to the kids and if you can solve that uh you know getting the 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 positive mindset to the to the parent then it almost uh works seamlessly without having to think about it mm, you know because you can, because you can you can instill it in them um and uh i i, I often i often find myself and i don't know whether you do this i often find myself when I'm teaching the class and the parents are watching, although I'm teaching the kids, I'm actually teaching the parents. I'm saying things mm. I want the parents to hear um, that actually they're going to repeat to their children. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know if you, think, if you go. Go on. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also really important for any coach to have an amazing rapport with the parents. Um, and it's something that, again, we teach on, or I teach on my level two coaching qualification is that, like parents and spectators are you know they're there they're a valuable tool not only in the progress of a child but also in the progress of what you're trying to build in your community here those parents could be going on to help volunteer you know in your club they could be going on to help volunteer just getting another child maybe that hasn't got the the capacity or the capability to get to competition those parents might offer them a lift you know it's it's really, really important to have that rapport. And it's really important to have those conversations with with the parents, you know, themselves. Like some of my parents actually have sat in on the junior instructor courses themselves, you know, they because their kids are there. And again, through safeguarding, if they're young kids, they're there. And they're actually going, you know what, I didn't realize that I could have, I can speak like and communicate this way I didn't understand that those learning styles were there and then you know as a school we're quite open about pretty much everything here actually this is what I mean mm. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're very very different you know um the parents know everything we're transparent with everything that we do and you know even the, the language that we use you know with the athletes they're quite clear with it sometimes we do have to give the kids a bit of a kick up the butt um mm. and sometimes the language is very different there but it's always done as positively as we can because and, you know, it's, I think one of the things that parents always like about me is when the kids come in, they go, oh, I hate doing that. And I'm like, yeah, well, in life, sometimes you got to do things you hate and you do it and you get through it and then you learn. Um, mm. And I know that, again, is quite a harsh way of saying things, but sometimes that's what they need. Uh, so, yeah. And I'm, I'm very, again, you know, I've been brought up that way and it has helped me immensely with mindset. I've overcome challenges and you know what, I've hated doing it. I think 
I hated doing my master's, like mm. my master's degree. I absolutely hated it. And yeah. my mum was very much there in the background again going, I know you hate it, but you've got to see this through now. You've got to see this through. And I know you don't like it. And sometimes in life it sucks, but you got to go. you got to do you got to you got to keep pushing through it. And it's very much like that, but at that more simple level of, okay, yeah, you hate burpees. Well, if there's only 10, you can manage, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I agree with lots of things there. And one of the things that I use, particularly when I'm teaching the instructors, the instructors courses, I use a line called kiss them before you kick them. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and and the, the fact that they say, well, okay, you know, you're doing this really well, but actually you need to improve in this area. Um, mm-hmm. so, so I have a bit of a balance between it's, it's not just negative. Actually, there are some good things here, but we do really need to work, work on this. So, which is like, I call kiss them before you kick them. Um, and, <laughs> that's um, definitely not what I used to call it when I was teaching. <laughs> Back in the day. I'm sure you can imagine what that, that kind yeah. of phrasing was, but I prefer your phrasing. I think yeah. it's much kinder. <laughs> Probably the same as me. And, and, it, it, and, and, um, you know, it, it's, 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 re- it's really important, uh, as, a and I, I want to say this to all the martial arts teachers or teachers of any kind out there listening to this, is that you know you you can you can build someone with one line, but you can also destroy someone with one line. And I remember going back when I was a green belt, somebody said something to me which was really really nice, and I, I, it was somebody that I looked up to. And it, it spurred me on. It, it it took me to black belt. It really did. It really made a massive difference. I told this person this as well, and they said, "Oh," and I said, "No, it did because um, growing up uh, in a in the sixties as, as a as a black kid, I had a lot of negative uh, being thrown at me. Um, you know, so just somebody saying actually." You know, you're going to be really good at this, or uh, I thought, wow, you know, this this person believes in me, um, made a huge, huge difference to me, uh, and I'm, you know, just saying this really to all the martial arts teachers out there and the teachers of, um, you know, what we do is just just be careful and choose your words carefully. Mm. You know, yeah, coaches, um, they do have so so much power and so much influence over not just a child's life, but an adult's life and mm. you know uh, a black belt of mine that no longer trains with me he's he's very recently said that words mean nothing to him words mean nothing and I was there thinking no words mean everything mm. you cannot put any more weight on that words mean everything and you know in the past I have had words said to me just you know probably not even thought about, probably not even crossed their mind that this would have an impact. But from a coaching point of view, I've had words in the past that have really damaged self-esteem and have really damaged me competitively. Like even now I'm still, you know, suffering the after effects of, you know, in some ways, very poor coaching. Um, And I still get on the ring and don't feel like I belong there. I don't feel Mm. like I'm good enough to be there. And that's purely based from the fact that, you know, during my, my very beginner years in, in martial arts, I wasn't coached effectively. Um, and actually, I was quite good. Like, it's taken years for me to look back and go, you know what, well, actually, I was quite good at that. I, I wasn't mm. crap. Like, I was winning gold. Why did I stop? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it, so it was one it was one word. That was all it was that mm. made me stop. And then it was my mum's multiple words and uh, resilience and battering me to get back in and do it again at Blackstripe. Um, but by then I'd lost valuable experience. And that's the yeah. other thing, you know, 
it's it's you you have to keep going with with things like competition and gradings and stuff like that even if you've had a knock um because you miss so many unique opportunities to get feedback from coaches you've missed unique learning opportunities in yourself um words mean everything words yeah. mean everything yeah they they, they 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 do and it's um uh, uh really really important but so um so, sort of sort of going back one step before I move on to a slightly different different well the same subject but in a slightly different way but um uh, and and again I mean I, I was uh, I've always been a keen sports person I've always been very very keen and I actually started playing football from the age of eight uh, sort of in the Cub Scouts team and then I got into a really good team and eventually I played county level football. Um, and I played right up until I was I was playing a lot of football even when I was doing taekwondo. I had it came to a point where I thought, well, I've got to make a choice here because the the two were 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 miles apart in the end. But uh, I played quite a good standard up until my early twenties. And the only one thing that I would have loved is my dad to have come and watch me. Um, he watched me uh, one afternoon. Um, playing football in all those years, um, and that was only because the 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 the, the football pitch backed onto uh, one of our relations, our, our my uncle that he was visiting. So he only had to sort of pop out the gate. And I tell you that if I wasn't so, if my mum hadn't instilled, instilled such a strong mindset, that that would have crippled me. It, it really would have done. Um, and I was very jealous. I used to see the. Um, you know, a lot of the kids on the on the side, their, their mums and dads were there, and you know, the dad dads particularly. Uh, my mum was never there, and, and I've often told this this story to to other people that uh, I, I write a lot of poetry. I love poetry, and I first started when my eldest son he was playing a game of, of football, um, and I vowed that that I would never let my kids go there without me being there. Um, and my son scored a goal, and, and he ran towards me with his hands up. And he was obviously elated. And I just started to cry. Um, I went back home and I wrote a poem called Once I Was You. Um, and I've been writing poetry ever since. But just that moment as he turned, I just knew how he felt um, because yeah. of, of how I felt when I turned. My, I, was, I, I was just and I, I mean, I used to break speed limits to go <laughs> to go watch my, my kids compete um, in, <laughs> in, in, in different in different things. Um because I just wanted wanted to be there uh, to, to to see them. So when they turned around, they, they knew I was there. And uh, I, I, I said to my kids, "Listen, if you're if you're on a tiddlywinks competition, I'm coming." <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, so that. So that was it. But uh, changing that from that little story, um, I uh, I mean, I competed in taekwondo, and I was um, you know I, I did okay. But uh, one one thing that perhaps you could you know, throw some light on is the negative side of, of, of that mindset, because I got to a point where competing was the only thing my mindset was, and everything else suffered. My relationships suffered. Um, uh, you know, uh, my, in, in the end, although, yes, I, you know, I was just saying, oh, I was going to see my kids, but even my relationship uh, early on because I thought, oh no, I've got to train, I've got to train, I've got to, I've got to get to this level, I've got to stay at the top, I've got to, you know, I'm now a British champion, so people are going to be and that's my my mindset was such that I was very, very blinkered for a number of years. Um and consequently when I gave up competing, it did affect me mentally. I did go into some depression, but I didn't realize it. 
So I don't know, perhaps you could comment on um, on that side of it. <laughs> so I, I have multiple ways I can comment on that. Um, very similar, if I'm honest with you. So for me, um, I've only really just gotten back into competitive Taekwondo since just after lockdown. So during lockdown, I went through a stage of like, I'm going to quit Taekwondo. I'm not very good at it. Um, I feel like being a coach all the time has really damaged me personally as a martial artist. So I'm going to probably just going to quit and then just close my business and find another school to train at and just go in as me, just be me, Sally, not coach Sally, marriage counselor, Sally, you know, all the things you have to do when you're an instructor. Mm. Um, Obviously, I didn't close my club because I'm now sat here <laughs> in my dojang. Um, but yeah, I mean, I decided to, there's two things that I feel um, kind of like an external pressure on, um, which I've kind of done to myself, which is fine. Um, the first thing was I wanted to track my progress um, from COVID to infinity, hopefully, um, where my Taekwondo is concerned. And I wanted to see progress of me in a year's time looking better or doing better or achieving more. So I started my Instagram page and that somehow went crazy. And now there's a different pressure there. So initially it started out as a journey of me and of my progress and of my fails and whatnot. And now it's ended up being like an influencer platform, uh, which I wasn't anticipating. And there's the stress there of wanting people wanting to see perfection all the time. And I'm not that kind of person. So obviously I never, I post good stuff. And I also post the stuff where I royally cock up or fall on my ass or whatever. And that's fine. Mm. But that pressure is there now because, you know, hundreds of girls follow it um, and they expect good results every time they see me or maybe they do maybe they don't maybe they don't maybe that's a, a misconception i've built up in my mind maybe they actually love the journey and as well maybe they're not expecting all the greatness that instagram has to offer and real life or whatever so that's one pressure i've put on myself which i find has now started impacting me competitively because i'm in that headspace of well i have to constantly be training and constantly doing better to constantly appease not only my self-esteem or my motivation or my ego or whatever, but I'm there thinking if I don't succeed at this, there's a whole group of people online that are going to see me fail. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's quite an intrusive thought. And that's quite a difficult one to overcome because that's only something I've built up in my own head. P probably these people don't care, you know, and this is something I always say to anyone that is like, women and are in about competing and I say this to my students all the time I'm like you you go in it's for you it's for no one else um so don't doesn't matter if you win or lose I want you to go and I want you to gain the experience and then you will win you know it might take a few competitions and then you win I'm there giving that advice but to myself I'm not that kind you know <laughs> yeah so there's that that element of it the other element of it where just more the competitive side is concerned I really struggle with uh, depression um, and I have been for a long time. Um, probably just before lockdown, I really started suffering with PT or I have PTSD. Mm. Uh, well, CPTSD is complex mm. and it's again from past trauma and stuff like that, but it really affects me from a self-esteem point of view, but also from a performance anxiety point of view because of again, poor coaching in the past probably a few issues around you know what you said about your dad really resonates with me there's some issues mm. there with that 
you know, my mum was my biggest supporter because perhaps my dad wasn't. Well, he, he really mm. wasn't. I'm trying to be kind. Um, and, you know, it impacts you when you're stepping on on the ring. Um, it impacts your nerves. You know, it impacts my ability to believe in myself. And I did post about that recently because I did the Warrior Open. I came fourth. And I've been really struggling recently, like more so than previously you know since like december i kind of burnt out in november time last year and since december i've had some various issues outside of taekwondo that have been causing me my like stress levels to be quite high and it's caused depression like really badly and my mental health in december was very poor and i'm going to i'm going to be transparent because i'm always transparent i was suicidal in december i've been suicidal in january all of that time, I've really struggled with my mental health, but I've still carried on competing because I know that that's what will pull me out of this eventually, you know? Um, but it doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it easy. And it it kind of weighs you down. Like you're trying to get on the mat, you're trying to be really good, but you've got all of these intrusive thoughts, all of this negativity there, and you're thinking, why am I so amazing at getting my students out of this, but I can't do it for myself. Um, yeah, yeah, and it comes yeah. down to the fact that I actually don't have, I don't have a specific coach doing that. I have maybe two or three really good coaches that talk to me all the time and they're really super supportive and they're great. They're great, but they're not with me every second of the day or when I'm training or, you know, cause they live in completely different places. So that maybe the support that I would be giving my students and not getting myself. So again, I'm being kind of like, maybe unkind to myself here because uh, you know it's I haven't got that support I have got support with my co-instructors and you know my husband's really supportive as well and and that's all great but you know sometimes when you hear the same voice saying the same thing over and over again you kind of blinker it right so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's good to have that like external person from from your situation sure. um I think for me the first time uh in a long time where I felt that I really belonged on the mats and like I was good enough to be there was in the European Championships in Croatia uh, last year. So this time last year, I think that was probably the uh, first and only time in a long while where I'd felt, you know what, actually I deserve to be here. I deserve to be here and I'm good enough to be here. Mm. So now it's like, how do you get that mindset back? Um, and that's where my current, my current battle is like, you know, it's mm. not always positive, uh, in the, you know, Instagram world, everyone looks like they're positive and they look like they're happy, but yeah, yeah. you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be transparent about this. Like my students are very aware that, you know, your instructor, you know, isn't always happy. They're not always, you know, that positive. Like sometimes they have a bad day. Sometimes they have a bad month. <laughs> Um, and we're always very open about that. And, you know, this might be happening, but look at how much support we have here. Look at all these yeah. people that are in my corner. So we're always trying to like, say like, ask and they will guide, you know, and that yeah, works yeah. both ways. You know, you yeah, sure. as an instructor, you can ask and even your yellabouts might be able to guide, you know, we're very yeah, open sure. about it. Uh, I haven't been made, this is probably the most I've been open about how I've been recently to yes. you this is the first time that that has gone public yes. um especially around the suicidal thoughts like you know i haven't mm. opened up about that about you know that with really any one of them like close friends but it's someone that something that i have been contemplating talking about now that i'm feeling better yes you yeah, know yeah. um because you know you could have someone who's the top competitor in the world but behind the scenes they're feeling like that yeah yeah yeah. and how yeah. do you support that person how how do we get that that help there to that person 
yeah. what agencies are there to help that person. Um, in England, uh, I worked a little bit with Sporting Minds and they're quite low. Actually, funny enough, they were founded just up the road from where I live. They, mm. They're founded in Malvern. Um, and they were very good. And Sporting Minds is specifically for athletes who are struggling with their mental health. And they give you access to apps and, you know, various bits and bobs to help you with your mental health um, in the short term, maybe while you're waiting, because the NHS is it's quite a long yeah. wait for mental health help. Oh, very long. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it, it has been a very good stopgap. Um, for me and I would recommend like you know uh, sporting minds to any of my athletes that are struggling with their mental health and I know that several of my my students suffer with various different mental health issues and you know when they're having a particularly bad time I'll just say look I can't I'm not qualified to help you in this I'm a mental health first aider and that's great and that's fine but at the moment I cannot physically do that myself for you whereas in the past I could have done now at this moment I can't I'm gonna be honest um but this app will help you like or this uh contact this company um and they will guide you in in that journey for the time being and then at some point i'll be back at capacity to also lend that hand but look at all the other support you have here um when it comes down to competitive uh mindset i think my mindset is always i've always been told you know keep pushing through keep pushing through which is great to a certain extent and the resilience is great to a certain extent, but you have to be mindful of when you need to stop yes, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the point in November where I burnt out, uh, I knew I had to stop. And in the past, maybe I would have continued, but now I've learned to listen to my body and to myself and know when to stop. And yeah. because I stopped, I've come back into this competitive season a little bit better, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. It's yeah. important. It, um, and, you know, there are loads of books out there for mindset and athletes, and there's there's loads of resource out there to help you. But you have to sure. admit to yourself first that you need that help. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. No, that's, well, well, s- thank you very, very much for that. Thank you for, um, well, your honesty um, mm-hmm. with, with that, because it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough, you know. Um, you know, I've, I've had counselling myself in the past for certain things. Uh, it, it's sometimes you know you get to a point where you got to you got to say to yourself, "I need some help." Um, but getting to that point can sometimes be a long, long, <laughs> long haul. Um, and uh, you know, now now I advise people to say, "Look, you know, get help as soon as you can. Don't don't let it go on. Don't let it go on." But per- perhaps we can um, put a link to. Uh, or some information to the group that you mentioned. Um, if you if you hang around afterwards, we'll, we'll perhaps uh, I'll get some info on you, or, or we'll put it in the show notes or whatever. But um, we're, we're we're coming to the end of the of the of the of the podcast. But uh, I just want to say, well, a huge huge thanks. Uh, I hope that the people listening to this uh, get something from it. I'm sh- in fact, I'm sure they will. Uh, in the fact that you know what you what you said, and the perhaps what we've said, and maybe some of the parents, some of the parents that listen to this, who've got um, youngsters that are doing martial arts, uh, will will realise actually, if they're not involved, that they need to be uh, perhaps involved in a little bit more, um, and you know help help their children, um, not 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 just to achieve in martial arts, but just just to be uh, safe in life. You know, it, their their mental health is important. Um, whatever they're doing um but i want to just say again a big big thank you to you for uh your knowledge uh, your experience your honesty thank you very very much 
and um, I'm sure that uh, you know people will definitely get something from this. So so thank you, Sally, and um, you know I'm hoping that we can uh, we can talk again, and uh, we, we 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 need to. Um, you're you're always welcome to be honest at our event. Um, be lovely to see you at thank some you. point, and um, you know maybe I'll I'll try and get up your way at uh, some point as well. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. You're always welcome. <laughs> be, be, be great. So if you hang there a moment, and I'll I'll, I'll be with you. But uh, I want to say thank you very much to the Living Martial Arts podcast fans. I'll be back with you very very soon with another episode, another fantastic guest. Once again, thank you very very much to uh, Sally Gleaves for giving the uh, taking the time to uh, give us her insights. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Oh, hang on.